0: Welcome Luca also known as just Lola man and now I was wondering if you were one of those kind of trolls in games that you just write lol and you got to feed on the opponent
1: Oh no 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 uh, it's uh... <laughs> no no <laughs> it's uh, it's more like it's not lol it's like a lola and well that came from I don't know it's like I'm about 32 now so that was like 18 years ago, probably. I heard my grandfather uh, play and sing first time and last time in my life. And he's sang something about Lola. So that became my name. And uh, Lola was taken, obviously. Just Lola was taken. So just Lola, man, it was not taken. So that's, so that's uh, what I am. And it kind of... Yeah, started, I started taking some uh, heavy medicine at one point of my life. And... I my nickname became Lola on Drugs, even Lola though I didn't drugs. really... That doesn't yeah, sound was, very yeah. good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: uh, and then I got like there was one game, Crossout, I think is the name, uh, like very aggressive. Uh, OK, so the game is you ride uh, in a car, blah, blah, blah. You equip it with things and you destroy and you destroy each other. Right. Uh, it's a violent game and they banned me, the Russians. Uh, that they probably didn't understand, like that drugs can be medicine. That drugs literally mean yeah, yeah. medicine. Well, uh So they banned me because of uh, the name. So I changed it to just Lola, because I guess then uh, I wanted to play the game. Uh, so yeah, it stuck with us. It's
0: that. a bit smarter or more neutral.
1: Probably. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it probably wouldn't be good. Uh, I don't know how, ma- how many sponsorship offers I would get. Uh, <laughs> Maybe Marry want <laughs> sponsorships.
0: A what what? Maybe Mariu- Marijuana sponsorships or something like Maybe, that. But I don't smoke.
1: I have not oh. smoked for uh, seven
0: years. I don't smoke. There's a guy with a cigarette on his hand. Oh yeah, cigarettes. I smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, anyway, I'm just it was just a joke. I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time, especially after I was following you on stream. You're a magic streamer. I also took coaching from you and I always admire a lot your your mindset especially how you communicate your information while you are drafting while you are making your choices you i think you have a very logical mind and it's very clear and easy to follow your reasoning and to understand your intuition even if that Thank intuition you. is really sometimes emotional for example in the moments where you are making a pick and you say you see a good rare or a fun rare and you say man i really should not take this it's gonna mess up my deck but i'm gonna play this let's go <laughs> Yeah,
1: come on. It's like, <laughs> I want people to know that they should not take this. They should not do this. But it's rarely going to happen that you can play some of the interesting things. So maybe I hurt my win rate a little bit with that. But what can you do?
0: It's okay. It's a game at the end of the day. Even if you are streaming, if you, even if you are making a living out of it, I think we have to have fun. But anyway, I really love your personality. You're also very chill. So I really wanted to explore the magic more with you although your background is not only magic you've been playing card games for a long time like eternal Hearthstone. what uh, seems what draws you to this kind of card games
1: uh i have always uh, loved any competition really any competition where competition makes sense right so for example, I hate competition uh, in a in workplace. I think that's horrible because uh, everybody, like, if people are competitive wherever, I'm probably not going to work uh, there very long because, like, then we are not going to help each other. We're just going to try to be better than each other. That's crap. So I hate that. But, and that's one thing why I love streaming, right? Because you can compete while working. It's rarely that you can do that. Uh, yeah, okay, back to the question. Anything, any logical competition, uh, I love, love, love. Also, I love video games. I mean, I'm playing video games and I'm not streaming. Uh, So that's kind of a perfect uh, combination with me. Uh, I've been, I don't know, ever since I was a child, like uh, nine years old, I have been competing in math uh, competitions uh, and any kind of logical competitions in school. And then later on, obviously, card games uh i have been one of the better dota players in the world at one point
0: low-key break <laughs> uh low-key break
1: but that never took off actually uh i made a team with some of the well millionaires uh, now uh that won uh the international and so on
0: you were uh, with them
1: what what you were with them in their team yeah we, i made a team with them oh, and amazing. amazing! it was actually impressive. two times but uh, we were crying and everything was great. And uh, I had a horrible situation at home. It was like horrible marriage. My ever, like since I was 13 years old, I was begging my parents to get a divorce or to go to a psychiatrist or something like that because it's not working. And they were just uh, horrible, horrible. They, rarely they even said hello to each other without screaming. And uh, it's like... Okay. Hey, my father comes home. Hey to my mother. And she's like, I don't want to say it. She starts cursing and everything. Uh, Same with him. Like uh, he comes in our room and he's, instead of saying hello, a lot of times he growls. I mean, who the hell does that? Because he hates his life in there. They're both great people. Right, right. Uh, And eh, that, uh, well, since they are not generation of, uh, well, internet and everything like that, uh, especially in Croatia, uh, we didn't have a computer for a good part uh, of my childhood. So they kind of take my intern- took my brother and my brother's internet uh, away uh, a lot of times, just randomly. I don't know. And every time when I made a the team, they took it away, and then I had to say to them, "Well, I'm not coming. I mean, I don't, I don't have an internet. Uh, so uh, so they will continue without me. But and that how... happened two times.:
0: Do you think that you would start to play so much because of the hard context that you had at home? So you focused on computer games, probably? Oh, yes. No, my
1: father actually. Uh, it was they were great uh, when we were super young. When we were living with my grandparents, like it was six of us. It was a very small apartment, but it was great. That was the best part of my childhood. I love my grandpa- grandparents, grandparents. Uh, so they are more important to me. Mm-hmm. Well, than my parents. Hope they don't see this. Uh, <laughs> I guess my <laughs> father will. Yeah, yeah,
0: well, they are not year. internet people, so I think you're safe. Yeah, you it is actually. <laughs>
1: uh so anyways
0: yeah so uh, when... my
1: father got me into gaming uh when i was uh, uh seven years old he bought a playstation one we had that long time before we had a computer so i don't think that was it but later on sure it uh, also became something where, where i can escape like i yeah. completely escaped there i think we all
0: we all do that in some way of course maybe not in some extreme context probably as you had but i also felt that sometimes when things were rough at least our generation we are roughly the same age i'm 13 or 42 and it was a pretty easy way to get away from home and it was fun because our parents don't understand what you were doing and when when we are parents we probably understand better what our kids are doing
1: oh yeah yeah that's true that's true. we are going to be the first generation that can Raise children uh, with uh, internet in mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> our our parents couldn't do that. There's just no way. Yeah, it's uh, too
0: so. new. Anyway, so yeah. Lola was uh, Lola. Sorry. <laughs> so League of Legends was the first game that you played competitively.
1: Oh, that was Dota. Dota. Oh, Dota. Sorry, oh, they, sorry Dota. Yeah. My brother actually played League of Legends. He was number one player uh, for a year or something. Wow. But also, uh, when he he got a team, he played a bit more. And my father and mother just took the internet away for a few months. And that never, we both stopped playing for a while because we were, like, you're enraged. You're enraged. You know what's happening to your friends, right? What they are doing yeah, yeah, how yeah, yeah. they're succeeding. And you're young, right? We were, what, yeah. like, I don't know, uh, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. That was, like, 12 years ago. And being and the,
0: Yeah? No, I was saying, being the top in the world or one of the best players in the world, Playing games, which is what a seventeen-year-old thinks, like I'm doing nothing. I'm just enjoying, yeah. and I'm the best. It must feel ah. amazing. And then have to have that taken away from you, like fucking hell, man.
1: Exactly, your ego is huge. Then, like when you manage that at that uh, age, it's huge. It's horrible. It yeah. goes, it's disgusting. <laughs> but and then they and yeah, They take it. I mean, you want to, you want to break the, you want to destroy everything. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, uh, so that's how uh, your,
0: was... or your dota career came to an end so to speak yeah i
1: just after few, that happened a few times uh i just stopped playing for a few years and uh never got back to it i still like to play like uh sometimes but uh no it's it just uh, it it hurts you too much right you see what how, how people how your friends are succeeding the same age as yours even younger and uh and you you can't join them right and it's like yes. uh, you don't want to just Play for uh, when you know that you should have been there. Kind of don't want to play for fun then.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So, so I, I, I imagine to... it's like the feeling that football players have when they see their team going on the nationals or the World Cup, and they have an injury and they have to sit on the bench, and they see everyone from television. They must be like, "Oh fucking hell, I could be there."
1: Yeah, yeah. And imagine if uh, maybe the, their father broke their leg, so they can't go. Yeah, that's that would be the same feeling. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so then after this, you started all these card games? So-
1: uh, oh, I've always loved card games, actually. It was uh, started with Pokemon when we were like, I don't know, 10 years old or something, going into like competitions. There were a lot of competitions in, uh, in Zagreb. Actually, not a lot, but uh, very big ones. And that was like a, a whole new world for everybody. It was crazy how fun mm-hmm. it was. We earned badges, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ta- yeah. We
0: had the Tazus. We were, it was not cards, but that's what we had. Like the discs that you put on I the mean, floor and then you have to hit them and they will flip, and ah, you the, flip the, them. Ah,
1: the, the circle uh, the the the, we used to call circle. them tazos:
0: so we like we call d- them
1: pogs or something like
0: that i don't know we put them face down and then we had to hit them and then if they flip you, they become yours and you're taking yeah them. yeah
1: that's right. we did the same thing with cards right? uh you just did you do that like you make some cards like i don't think so and that was when Pokemon came. That was like the first card game that okay. kind of, okay, Magic was here, but I was 10 years old and I didn't even know that Magic existed really, but everybody was in Pokemon, right? And then it's like, that was amazing. That was like, whole neighborhood was always on these benches and they were like, uh, this, this, we called it kokanya. They were like doing that boom boom to try to flip the cards and win a lot of cards, right? And uh, that, was, that was so yeah, much fun. Yeah, that
0: was that. a great thing. We will take the things away from each kid. Like now if you had the cards, you will never give the cards away. Or like imagine you're playing Magic and if the guy wins, he takes your cards. You're like,
1: no way. That, no way, no way. <laughs> no man. way. But
0: then when we were kids, you are like, yeah, it's yours, take it.
1: And, then you and it, it was back. barbaric. You know, one time I came back from the... So that was happening. That was great. And I came back from, uh, from sea. Everybody goes to sea. Everybody's grandfather built like... A, uh sea house uh, in uh, in Croatia and uh, when i came back somebody yelled something like uh, okay the name we say is grabaria something somebody yelled that and the guy that i was competing with was like okay take the cars I'm like what are you doing hey what are you doing man he's like come on it's happening like, what the fuck is happening grabaria what is that <laughs> and you know what it is that's that's that became a normal thing to do uh, when So you're holding a lot of cards, and somebody just slams them, and they go flying everywhere, and everybody, yeah. <laughs> and people start shouting, and everybody, like, 50 children come, and they're stealing them. It doesn't matter anymore if you hold them in your hands, they're stealing them from your hands. Yeah, yeah. Oh it's fuck, like, that's And I steal all of your cards. And that was fucked up, so... Yeah, I was very careful about how I hold my cars very after that. Uh, that that didn- never happened to me, luckily, because I was, I was, then I was like holding my cars like they're like, <laughs> gold or something. It sounds like there. you were
0: describing, you know, when you put corn on the ground in a public square and all the pigeons come feed on the corn. Oh yeah, 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 it, exactly. I imagine like the same, like, like all the kids yeah, coming. Yeah. together.
1: And the kid is crying <laughs> like no, no. It, of course they're crying. It's all they like they probably spent all their money on that. Yeah. That was horrible. But it was normal, I guess. But it's a horrible thing.
0: <laughs> okay, so for how long have you been playing Magic more seriously?
1: Seriously, okay. So first time I played Magic was when I was eleven years old, and no, wait, yeah, 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 uh, I, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, we just tried to understand the rules by reading uh, by me and my brother, but uh, we kind of like read it once and then uh, got our own rules in. It was uh, like, for example, instant speed. Like, so you have rules when you can play it. When you get the priority, you can play it. But since it's instant, we played it. Whoever says it first, he's gonna <laughs> play the card first. Like, play it now. And it's... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we did that. Uh, and really, when I started playing Magic, uh, was uh, when Arena came. Like something like three or four years ago. Only so very when recently. Started... Yeah, that's when I really started playing. Uh, I was playing all the other card games like. Uh, Hearthstone, Duelist, Eter- uh, Eternal, uh, what else? Area, uh,
0: Shadowverse. Area,
1: yeah, Faria, Shadowverse, Shadowverse a bit. Uh, I was playing a lot of those uh, because they were like, it was easier to, to play them. I liked Magic, I played sometimes casually with my friends throughout the last, I don't know, 20 mm-hmm. years, but... Uh, you need to spend a whole day to go and play a few matches, right? Go to your game store. It, it, it takes a long time. When you, have a, yes, un, yes. When you can play online, uh, especially when you have a job or college or whatever, uh, you just come in, put, play and stop playing uh-huh. and that's it. And uh, you, you spend like one hour when you would usually spend like six hours to play the same amount of games. So I that's else... why I was kind of waiting for a good platform to come up. And I really don't like MTG online. So I was waiting yeah. for that to play.
0: I also feel the same. I play Magic since I was maybe five or six, since my brother was playing already and he introduced me to me Then my all my cousins mm-hmm. started playing. And there was a huge difference when Arena came in terms of comfort and availability. We mm-hmm. used to go to some Grand Prix's to play at the local game stores, but it's not even remotely close. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of not having to shuffle, not having to get the sleeves and then protect them and manage the collection, it's so much easier. So I can see why your appeal to play Magic in the digital version, is there?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, it's it's not even right. close.
0: So then, after Magic Arena came, you dropped the others because now you stream full-time Magic, yeah.
1: Yeah, I uh, started, so I was playing Eternal right before Magic, and I'm like, "Oh, Arena, okay, let's see how this is. And it's like, yeah, this is what I've been waiting for. Mm -hmm. I've been waiting for this for so long. I don't know what the hell is wrong with Wizards. Why didn't they do it before? I think it's an accident, probably, uh, that I did it now, because, I mean, they are earning so much money from Arena, and everybody, except them, I guess, knew that
0: that was going to happen. I don't know how many people were waiting for something like Arena. I, to come. I was playing coca trees for years before that, and it worked, but it was very surprising. There was no official, big, comprehensive platform. Therefore, yeah, like a, a
1: user-friendly, right? Where, yes. Where, it is, where you don't yes. have to click on every single thing, because it's fun to do that in paper, right? And in paper, you can skip a lot of things. You don't have to say every single thing in paper that you are going to do. Well, if you gotta click on that uh, on uh, online, like nobody would even play paper if they would have to say every single no, small. No, of course paper. not. Of course not. Some things are skippable, and if MTG online, you gotta click on everything. Sure, you can yeah, pass yeah. some things and so on, but it's work. It's so much work to play. I don't want. To, I don't want that. Uh, yeah. I still play MTG online sometimes because some sets are not on Arena, but still, it's uh, this is the. F- Everybody was waiting for this. I was yeah, for, yeah, it. for wow. sure. Final. Then after, Finally it,
0: after it came, what made you stick to Magic? And what makes you love Magic so much that you dropped the other games?
1: Oh, I knew because I knew I was going to get go there because it is uh, it's, it's, it's one of my first uh, card games that I played even though I didn't play it uh, same as uh, other ones uh, because there was no platform, as you said. Uh, well, now I played it more than any other, probably. But uh, the complexity, the complexity of the draft, uh, just the uh regular new sets every uh what three months maximum maybe one time it was like five months with zendikar but every like three months or less you got new set you got completely new environment to play in it's like new games come in every few months and it's complex and wizards the what the best thing about them is r d like that, their design team is out of this world they yes. keep delivering they keep making the game much better they don't it's in a lot of other card games it's like oh let's make this have 10 more attack and 10 more defense and 10 more life next year well this has 50 more attack and 50 more defense wow. and that's it that's what i do like uh, a lot of card games uh, do that and this is this has people talk about the power creep right that's
0: uh, called something that defense, increases right over now. time and you notice that and i remember i noticed that a lot i took a break I think it was around torment or onslaught i don't know if you remember these editions back in the day and then i came later like in dominaria and the difference was huge
1: oh yeah that's and true. you have yeah, like, that a, is like the, the classical, classical example,
0: example. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but the, class- the thing is
1: yeah. in the last let's say five years uh in i'm talking about limited like draft right where, where you don't construct the deck out of everything mm-hmm. just uh, uh, get cards from packs uh, and pick them and then make the deck out of what you got. Uh, there, in the last five years or something, the power creep is not huge. Like, creatures do not have higher stats. Maybe, like, uh, such a small amount that it's not noticeable. They have more text, they are more complex, there are more synergies. And that's what's happening. It's not like, oh, this is just this, uh, all this creature for five ago is not playable. It would be horrible now probably not uh, because the stats are very very similar so yeah, the I power agree. creep is like
0: and the complexity is there in terms of the abilities and interactions they have with each other yeah notice
1: a lot and they are just raising the complexity yeah. all the time like the uh, cool thing is that
0: the cool thing is that every set they introduce a new mechanic so not only new mechanics two
1: few few they, they introduce a uh, few new things at least from my perspective
0: i think there's always one keyword ability that is new okay then, maybe keyword sure like yeah like uh exalted or things like this this kind of yeah, keywords pro- key, exalt a channel maybe the sagas flipping that kind of stuff
1: Yeah, i didn't so. even know that but i know that <laughs> there's a uh, in every set <laughs> that the, there are a lot of new things maybe they don't call them like oh this is the keyword. Right? Oh, okay, there okay. are a lot of new things that you need to le- relearn, think about again. Like the skill ceiling is so high. If you stop improving, you're, just, you're, you're not going to be good anymore. That, it, that's, that's what it is. And that's beautiful.
0: Is it higher than other games? Or also, don't the other games also put out new content on a di- frequent basis? Like Earthstone, I imagine that it has a few sets coming every now and then for expansion. I don't know. Car, what card game did you say? For instance, in Earthstone. Don't they have some expansions coming from time to time that renew the game? I, I never played it, so I really don't know. I
1: played a ton of cards, Hearthstone, uh, and it's well in Hearthstone. Usually, what what changes is the power creep, and it's the power creep. It's, it's it's not the complexity of arena draft is called arena. There, it's not a complexity. It is the power creep. Now the cards are stronger than before. And that's about it. You do not have to think much. Uh, You do not have to learn anything new. You're just, okay, Okay. well, these are stronger. I'm going to pick the strongest cards. Uh, Not much synergy is happening. Uh, Also, you're not drafting against players anywhere else uh, that I know. uh, Maybe Hex or something. But anywhere, anything that I played, you do not draft against players. Uh, They are not sitting at your table with you. Mm-hmm. and picking cards and you got to compete against them so it's always evolving right it's not a, an algorithm they have their own mind uh maybe it's good maybe it's bad but who knows you got to figure it out in uh in and else you're drafting against but uh computers bots or you're getting just random cards and that lowers the complexity infinitely
0: really and yeah so this draft yeah. experience when you are in a table with other players is it something that is only in magic
1: uh, it's probably somewhere else, but now uh, nowhere not, not where I play it. Nowhere okay. where I play it.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: And okay. maybe they put it in internal. I'm there was nothing like that in eternal. Okay. Uh, but it's it's also about the text on the cards, which in magic you really do. Like new expansion comes up. And I mean I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, and I'm gonna be correct about uh, a lot of things and then i'm going to miss some things and i'm going to have to adapt and relearn and that's something that i don't really have to do that much in most other games uh, especially like since you said hearthstone you kind of got it figured out right away without even investing too much time and right. i waste a lot of time then the magic comes uh, early right. uh, but in terms of complexity. There is one game that is more complex than Magic that I played one hundred percent. It's the uh, du- uh, Duelist. Uh, the game is dead now, uh, but dead.
0: Okay. <laughs> but it is I one new game. Never it... heard of it. I don't know.
1: That's crazy. It's uh... okay. Imagine some Magic, but imagine that you have a board and uh, it's two uh, two two-dim- dimensional. Uh, two dimensional. There is uh... in Magic there is no dimensions. Uh, so. Now you gotta think, and you gotta move your creatures and everything. Oh, I see, and I see. It is so that's a game where you're always gonna do a mistake, like a, sh- a shit ton of mistakes every single turn. Uh, and you can be the best player in the world. I'd ha- I had one of the best results in the world uh, in all of those games, and I was doing mistakes constantly. And it's a great feeling because everybody's doing it because <laughs> the game is too complex. You do not have time. To think, you have a good amount of time, but not enough to get make the perfect turn. Because the options are infinite, what you can do. But the game is dead, so yeah. And well, the beautiful thing about Magic is you're doing, go, go, no matter how good you are, you're going to be doing mistakes. And that's amazing. It feels bad when you do it, obviously, but it's amazing. That means that you can always improve, always learn, always be better. And if that would stop, if, if that didn't exist in Magic, I would not be streaming it. I would not be playing it that much because uh, when you stop learning and you're wasting some, uh, your time in something, for me at least it loses its appeal like why, why am I doing it if I'm not improving Right, and, you and stagnate
0: look- and you don't have yeah, to make decisions, yeah. I feel that is something that you value the skill cap being high enough yeah. that you allows you to differentiate for your skill and not just exactly. use the latest card that has the highest power creep, just really choosing and in magic you find that you, exactly. there is no better card There is a card that is better in certain contexts, and it varies a lot depending on the deck and depending on the synergies. That's also something that I feel a lot that is valuable in Limited. So for those that maybe don't know, Limited is this draft environment where you pick the, the packs, and then you make the deck based on the packs on the cards that you choose. And in Constructed, it's a bit soft. You have the same deck all the time. You already mm. know that you probably net deck. You follow the meta, and in limited, there's no this concept of net decking. So you have to adjust. Yeah. Is this what you value a like, lot, limited? This flexibility, since you only play limited, you don't really touch constructed. You have probably a proud bronze for every season.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, oh, I I always love constructed when I come. Okay, when I come to a new game or when I come back to a uh, game i mean the only game i came back to is magic <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah i i'm like ooh, constructed is so much fun oh, everything is nice and then you realize uh there is in high level constructed there is almost no skill and that's funny there is almost no skill. Everybody knows exactly what's in the opposing deck, even when the decks are not uh, open, even when the deck lists are not open. Yeah, yeah. You know exactly what's in your deck. Uh, your difference between your deck and, and the other decks of the same type are going to be like one card maybe you put in and it's basically the same as the other. Uh, so you played uh, the matchup a billion times. Nobody's going to do a mistake. Uh usually it's going to be decided by luck. And there is always a luck factor in uh, card games. In limited, there are so many decisions to make all the time uh, that uh, luck is always a factor. That's why you're not going to have 90 plus percent win rate constantly. It is not like uh, FPS or, or something mm-hmm. like RTS or something like that, where you have full control. Uh, mm-hmm. But in limited, on, when I'm talking about really high level, there are still a ton of decisions. Like There are a lot of things. Uh, not maybe okay. Maybe not a lot, but there are okay number of things where the best limited players do not agree on for a long time, and then a new set comes, and they do not agree on things again, even when the set is figured out. Uh, and that's beautiful. That and they're all of them are having the best results in the world, right? And they don't agree on
0: things.
1: Yes, it is fascinating it's
0: like... in a way the, the variability in interpretation of the set and that variability is also coming from the randomness of the packs that you open so even if you know all the theory and you open something completely wrong to your expectations you need to navigate through that you need to adapt you constantly need to adapt yes but we'll probably go there soon about the drafting and maybe some tips i just wanted to first um put the sets that we have now in perspective so the current set is new new dynasty And the previous set, yeah, that was Crimson Vow. And we actually had the coaching for Crimson Vow. And at the time Mm -hmm. I really wanted to talk to you since it was the first set that I started drafting in Eden Arena. So it's these two that I know the best. And I feel that they are very different from each other. Me, in my ignorance, I thought drafting was kind of much the same. You kind of know the baselines, you learn the specifics of a set. But what I am learning is that, as you were talking earlier, the diversity is huge. You cannot stagnate. You need to constantly improve. And Crimson Crimson Vow was a really different set. It was what you call a Prince format, correct? Yes. Would you like to explain what's a Prince format?
1: Uh, So there are cards of uh, common, uncommon, and uh, rare, mythic rare. Let's just call them rares. Uh, Common, uncommon, you're going to see a lot of them rares where rare. you're gonna see one per pack that you open and usually rares are either horrible or normal or better and much better than the commons and uncommons and the problem begins well with crimson valve, uh, a prince format uh where in a prince format you have A huge percentage of rares, which are amazing, which are crazy powerful, not even close to commons and uncommons. And there, uh, everybody's going to have, and when there is such a huge percentage, everybody's going to have a couple of rares. And if you draw them before your opponent or they draw them before you, uh, since you expect to have at least like two or three, usually you're lucky if you have you're super happy with one. You're like, yes, I got one yes. rare in my colors, but here it's like two or three, and uh, they're gonna have an upper hand. So there is a bit more variance in uh, if you're gonna win or not. And th- there is a skill to drafting uh, prince formats. I mean, I have uh, my win rate is not different in a prince format than in other ones. Uh, maybe i usually get a bit higher in rate, when the more complex and balanced the format is because you can adapt more you can uh the skill healing is ceiling mm-hmm. is higher yes uh, but it, it's not a big difference in that but it's still like you have to adapt and think about those rares all the time that you have to get uh, so that's kind of adaptation you gotta you gotta get uh, you gotta Probably
0: have, so. you need also removal since these are rares that when they enter yeah. the board, they change the board completely and they turn it upside down. So you need an answer immediately yeah. or you're losing one or two turns.
1: The draft loses, is still extremely complex, it's magic, but the draft loses on its complexity when you have Prince Format because uh, you're trying to get those rares and uh, there are a few things that you can do that can help you do that uh, in a right way. That's why you can still have a high win rate, but uh, it does lose the complexity. Like usually you don't want to think about what rare you're going to open too much. You, wanna, you maybe want to be open to having it or playing it in your deck somehow but uh, your draft should be revolved about uh, around like 99% of the cards that you get which are common and uncommon yes, yes. and uh, that's where it should that's where the strength should lie so if you if you're drafting really well uh, you're going to have much higher uh, upper hand uh, than uh, all of well most of your opponents uh, right. cuz they're not going to have few random rares that are just going to win them the game right
0: so, but uh, even in prince formats i believe that you need some flexibility because rares work in a positive or a negative way in the sense that you're making a good deck and then on pack three, you open a bomb and you have a decision to make. Will I shift my deck to accommodate this bomb or will I continue to build consistency? And sometimes I noticed a lot that some players destroy the deck in trying to force a rare into them. Yeah. So it's like a bait and sometimes.
1: Exactly. Yeah, You need to be open to getting the rare. You can't be like I'm gonna get uh, the I'm gonna play every single rare and bomb that I get. Uh, you can't yeah. do that.
0: Then you end up with a five-color uh, deck.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that that I actually I never I didn't think about it too much like that that could be, or I completely forgot about it. It was a long time ago, but <laughs> that could could be the reason why high high win rates are still very possible because people are gonna get a lot of amazing cards, but a lot of them are not amazing enough to. Uh, completely ruin your deck just to play them uh, a few times. So, yeah, I guess yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, But still, Do... much more interesting to play this
0: format. Where Yeah, I was going to uh, ask that. You what? seems like you like Neo more. Since it, has, it is so complex, it has so much interaction between the commons and uncommons, all the syner- yeah. synergies. It's very, very complex. In my small samples of two sets, I feel this is far more complex than WoW.
1: It's not even close. I agree. Not even close.
0: How do you compare it to the previous sets that you drafted?
1: I, uh, In terms of how much uh, I like it. Yeah, uh, how I much fun
0: it, it is, how much complex you feel it is, how difficult. Is the best
1: format that I have ever played.
0: For real Best yeah. ever?
1: Best ever. Uh, close with Kaldheim. Kaldheim was also... The main reasons for both Kaldheim and this set, NEO, uh, why I hold, hold them so highly first thing uh, balance 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 it's extremely balanced you can go in so many different directions and still uh, have uh, uh, incredibly good results like uh, you do not need to uh, like narrow down your choices to maybe a couple of different decks you're playing you can play basically anything and it can work, and that doesn't mean that you just don't care. You pick and anything; is going to be good. No, that means that you got to get into you. You have so many ways to get into the right deck, uh, into the, depending on what everybody else is doing around you, depending yes, on what you're yes, opening, yes. and so on. Second thing, I don't know if that's second or first, but uh, <laughs> in terms of how important it is to me, complexity. Both of those sets, Kaltheim and Neo, are extremely complex. Like you do not have many. Uh, obvious picks Uh, it's you gotta think about them Uh, there are always choices like even when there is okay you're you're extremely happy taking one card but there might be like two cards in the in the pack that you're considering because they could lead you into another uh, direction which uh, could be pretty good and then you can switch back in both of those sets you can switch around what you're doing completely trash your first few picks and it's gonna be fine if you know what you're doing again but uh, and yeah that's uh, that's beautiful and all both of those combined make it for extremely high skill ceiling and since the set begins and until the set uh, set is you're done with mm-hmm. the set uh, you're constantly improving and uh, it kind of feels like you could play more. Uh, the new set is coming in one month and I'm pretty sure in one month I will be fine with this set staying. But again, I'm always more happy about uh, drafting a new set and uh, learning again. So, Sometimes
0: yeah. it gets old and people get, I would not say addicted. I don't. This is somehow the Portuguese word, but they go down the path that they know that works already and they stop being creative. Let's say that in the beginning, probably auras or sagas were not very valuable, and then people realize how good sagas are, and maybe then they just start to tunnel vision on sagas and lose other interactions. What probably. is siders? Sagas, is the sagas, the like you have chapter one, chapter f- two, and then chapter three, it flips.
1: Ah, the sagas. Okay, it's okay, sagas, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. I I heard something completely different. Okay,
0: <laughs> sorry if I was not clear. But yeah, in the beginning, I believe that the sagas were underrated. And now perhaps they are. I over- underrated them. Mm-hmm. I underrated them as well.
1: Oh, yeah. It was a lot of the things are going to be underrated in the beginning of the set. It's going to be. Uh, you're probably going to have good results in the beginning if you're a good player, right? But if, if you look at what. And it's important to have a good start, right? It's not like, oh, even though you don't agree with your decisions uh, in the first week of the set, you have probably better decisions than almost everybody yeah, yeah, else yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're having that yeah. results, right? So it's fine, but um, in complex format like this, uh, after a few weeks, it is going to change a lot to uh, to what you're doing,
0: right? So in uh, this, and uh, how yeah. you're picking. So in this complex format where you have so many options in which you don't really have to commit to the options either, you can... Have uh, one color in mind, you take three or four cards, and then you see another color is open, and you can change and you can make it work if you pick the right pieces. In this kind of easily changing environment, what do you think that are the main priorities or the main characteristics that a good drafter should have?
1: In, in a complex format like this? In is? this
0: case, in, let's say specifically in EMEA.
1: Okay, you gotta be. Huh. Okay, first, it's always fundamentals that are applicable to literally any set that you're ever going to draft. Right, you gotta get the fundamentals down. Uh, that's nice, maybe on a core set or some simple set to get those down. Without that, like you, you're not gonna do well anywhere, and especially not in a complex format. Right, uh, I notice that some of my students that don't have a very well developed fundamentals, just basics of magic drafting and basics, some basic principles uh they doesn't matter how they start but at one point they start struggling a lot in complex sets uh same for any set but, really, but in complex sets because you have so many things to, to think uh, about like this set has every card has i don't know a small uh like five far- paragraphs of text it's <laughs> crazy how much text it is yeah. and then it is if you don't have the fundamentals down it it is very easy get lost in synergies and everything like oh this card works with that one this oh my god all these cards work so well maybe they are interesting and they do work so well but the core of your deck uh, can be very horrible if you're only thinking about synergies right you that's why the fundamentals are the first thing what are the fundamentals uh,
0: that you are referring to specifically
1: Oh, that, there are too many. Like
0: uh, oh, yeah, on a basic <laughs> but, level, like overview only, just to know what you are talking about.
1: Okay, uh, what I'm talking about here, uh, like for example for Neo, like the stat lines that you would expect for certain uh, mana uh, mana value, right? Stat lines for like one, two, three, four, five. Uh, what do you expect on a base of the card, and that's like there's too many to mention but that's one example right and then then you can develop like your opinion okay this is great card with uh, it has great synergy with another but okay do are do do, do those cards pass the vanilla test are they do, are they fine on their own uh, like you can't just uh, build a deck around uh, some crazy things that you're doing if every, every consistent deck is gonna crush you like that's one of the things right. and then uh when do you play tricks in your deck Uh, when do you uh, when do you want to stop drafting removal for example when you have enough when something else is maybe more important and things like these that are not too exciting but like it's much more interesting to think about all the crazy things that your deck is doing Uh, but when you have those down it's much easier to make a great deck and have all of those interesting things and if they're interesting synergies and patch up the holes right i also get into a lot of synergistic starts of the draft like i pick a lot of cards that are very very good together even though well still the deck is not that great because it has a lot of holes but then it's important to know how to fix those holes and those holes a lot of times are not going to be crazy things there are going to be like number of early game that you have. So even though your deck has very high power level, very, very uh, strong and interesting things happening uh, with combinations of cards, like maybe every single deck that just plays creatures on curve, boring things, attacks you, wins the game against you because you never get to do what you want to do. So like the how to draft an aggressive deck, how to draft a control deck, uh, when, to, how to know what your game plan is, and more important thing, how to adjust to what your game plan actually is in yes, the game, yes, yes. right? You need to differentiate those two. So those are maybe not super exciting things, but all the fun stuff is probably not going to work if you don't have those down. So those are the most important things for a complex set I agree complex.
0: completely, especially this part that you mentioned about knowing the gaps in your deck. One thing that I proved a lot in, my, in me was when we had the coaching from Crimson Vow when you told me, okay, in this kind of set you need to make a consistent deck with, I believe it was 6 to 8 2-drops. So you gave me the idea of having the slots, like the 2-drops, the 3-drops, the 4-drops of making sure the curve is filled enough to be consistent in many games. And as yeah. a beginner, I was like okay, I didn't have these numbers in mind, even if it's not an exact numbers, just to have this idea that you need to meet certain criteria for your deck. Sorry, for your deck, sorry, <laughs> for your deck <laughs> to be consistent enough. And this goes also in the way that you, for instance, you organize the card view when you are drafting, and that also helped me a lot. You put the spells or the tricks in one column, you put the removal in another column, and then you put the creatures in the rest. And this helps identifying the gaps in your deck. And sometimes when I'm picking, you have these choices between card A and card B. And card A probably is removal, and card B probably fills your curve. Then you have to ask yourself, do I need more curve? Do I need more removal? Is two removal fine? Is three removal fine? Is my game plan to get rid of the other opponents? Creatures? Is my game plan to be aggressive? and i feel these are and very how much ad- more picks
1: like every time you have that question like it's probably always how many more picks do i have like maybe i don't need to fill up my maybe i don't need to pick a safe pick right that i'm gonna need because maybe i have time to pick those cars later because this is very powerful right
0: yeah and then those cars don't come and you're like fuck i should have taken that
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all about averages it's all about like big numbers you don't care if it happens one time like it's you always need to think like how am i doing in my 50 drafts how, how am i doing in this month and a half uh not like oh today was oh i destroyed everybody today. i, I understand this set and then tomorrow oh i'm horrible in this set because i lost every game it's like right. yeah, it's a large period of time and that's how you should w- look at your results uh also
0: like, since you if you Get the basics down, then your consistency improves, and if your consistency improves, you may not get flashy results that are sometimes based on higher risk, higher reward and but you end up winning more so you become better as a player and you achieve better. but I feel it's very oh. hard to know how to identify these gaps in your deck. Do you have any deep any recommendation to Like any baseline, like at least two removals, something like this, like a curve of certain. Oh, there it
1: it it really depends on. That's why coaching is so interesting, right? It is it must be tailored to the individual, imagine because it it is draft is so complex that everybody has different uh, shortcomings. Everybody has completely different shortcomings. Like somebody has similar ones, but you you really need to adapt. That's what's so interesting in it, right? Somebody or sometimes usually like first session. You just uh, see what's up, uh, see how uh, the student is breathing. What are they doing? And then, okay, wait. Sometimes it's okay. Wait, uh, your decisions are great. In uh, enough drafts, enough games, we should fo- we should start from advanced stuff. Maybe a, little, a few fundamentals, but sometimes just start from the advanced stuff. And sometimes it's okay. We need to go back to the basics. And it's same in math. I remember when I was uh, giving instructions in math, it's like. Uh, you need to learn something to pass an exam, right? Okay, let's do it. Let's go. And then it's like, wait, but you do not. Uh, you're in on college and you, uh, or 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 in high school and you don't know like elementary uh something that you learn when you're ten years old. Like, I'm not gonna yeah, teach yeah. you this before you learn that. And when you learn those few fundamentals, and it's like, oh wait, all of a sudden you can. You, sometimes uh, some of my students in math, uh, they figured out how to solve something just because they understand something from elementary school now. Uh, and the beautiful thing about it is like wherever in math in magic that at one point, uh, usually you get to realizing that you can do this. And this is uh, like, it's always my goal to get to the point where a student doesn't need any more, uh, coaching. And that you can do this, that you can figure these things out that, uh, you have the skill set required. You've got the fundamentals down and now you can improve if that's what you lo- like doing a lot, right? Uh, in math, you got to pass, pass the yeah, yeah, school. Yeah. So you're always going to have to do that. In magic, you just obviously right. love playing. I mean, if you're paying for coaching, you got to love playing magic. Doesn't go any other way. Yes, I and, think it's I mean, also
0: about the thought process. You need, even if you don't give solutions, you need to give pointers to develop a thought process so that the thought process can guide Decisions through uncertainty and through changing context.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's like how to. I like to. Uh, this is what i been doing in the last few months. Like I like to end the coaching with the main things to focus on while playing. Like the main things uh, to look at and the main questions to ask yourself. Uh, but uh, sorry, I, uh, you asked me a lot like uh, about. No, it's the, okay. You know, we on, can move on. on the mental um,
0: Yeah, if you want to say something, go ahead.
1: I just want to say like uh, when you. Sometimes like a student comes and they really need to work on fundamentals and then it's like, okay, let's give them these base numbers. But I always like to uh, stress highly that these numbers are here now for present you, not for you when you get good at drafting. That's when you kind of forget about those numbers. you still know them, you know, somewhere around. And then you can make all the crazy decisions. But they're gonna be good decisions. They're gonna be correct decisions. Not, then you can get flashy, right? You don't have to make have a lot of horrible drafts to have crazy and interesting decks, right? If you if you know yes, yes. what uh, what uh, you should uh, expect from your deck, like if you know what, uh, as you said, where your gaps are, what you need to fill up, you can do those crazy picks. And that's that's the great thing when you when in coaching when I can get to. Uh, with a student that started with some very, very uh, bad fundamentals, where I can get to those very advanced uh, topics and when they they are ready to start uh, implementing them in draft, right? Uh, If you uh, you start with advanced things, when somebody doesn't have fundamentals, they're just going to be completely lost. How do you uh, know
0: how to identify the gaps? Is it intuition only? Is it something that you only learn by experience, by trial and error?
1: I don't know. I've always liked uh, (laughs) giving instructions. Yeah, so I have just always liked it, and uh, I mean, when you're good at something, you see, and when you're doing it a lot, applying it a lot, you can usually easily see like what problems, uh, especially the biggest problems, other people have. Like sometimes I'm gonna completely ignore some problem uh, if it's too complex, when there is a fundamental problem lying there, and I'm not even gonna mm-hmm. even touch on it. To not confuse the student, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's stupid, but it's the same thing in math. Like, uh, teachers in Croatia are horrible in math, horrible, <laughs> abysmal. They get paid nothing, and they have. I mean, why would you improve? You they get horrible pays, and you you can, I don't know what you can, uh, like, there is almost almost anything pays better than being a teacher, uh-huh. uh, in Croatia. It's not only in Croatia, and here in
0: Portugal as well, it's very low paid, and then to have to travel a lot. So people that are there that are really for passion only. But Yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. And no, no,
1: no, no problem, no problem. But uh, I, uh, I, expe- I didn't know that it's the same thing in Portugal. That's like for me, the teachers in schools are more important than doctors, like uh, for, for as a profession. Uh, and my father works in medicine, so <laughs> but uh, still, I think that, that's, that's like if you, they are raising uh, the children, right? And they're, if they're shit. They're they're gonna they're spending so much time mm. in there. The, the children are gonna get some shit habits, and in math, like or whatever I wanted to talk about is, uh, people uh, the teachers just give you the extremely complex, uh, like how example say exercise, uh, exercises like extremely complex. Luckily, I my me and my brother were probably from my mother were born with we kind of just understand always understood everything uh, about math uh without really learning it and that's completely lucky and then you see like everybody thinks they're horrible at math horrible i don't know what this not for me because they get like, such a complex things nobody teaches them basics and when they like uh, a lot of my friends i give instruction to instructions to and i teach them basics and they they, they understand uh complex things because you can't do that and uh, unfortunately that's a situation and until the pay gets higher, teachers are going to be shit in Croatia. So, and but I'm sad like, about it.
0: yeah, I feel the same. In Portugal, I was always very bad at math. I think in part because I don't have a brain for math. I know I have a brain that understands literature better, but I, I went through exactly what you were saying. My math teacher during high school mostly she will will just go to the billboard this is the exercise, now we have 10 minutes to give the solution. Du, 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 du. You just try to wrap yeah. it down as soon as possible, just to not miss anything and then you go home yeah. and maybe you think about it. Maybe yeah, not. A... And so we he probably like
1: just going to cheat or something.
0: Yeah, but I was still bad anyway. So this was ah, two contexts. No, nobody's bad at math.
1: Nobody in the world is bad at math. Some people are better, sure, but nobody's bad at math. There is not a single student, no matter what I thought about themselves, like they got worse they, they were always going to this like uh they get like what, what's the grade here we have from one to five and you have one you cannot pass and basically everybody was one that i had and they nobody none of them were bad at math none of them so they were the, had always the worst results none of them were bad at math they just didn't they just had horrible teachers and they just kind of thought it's too much
0: you're such a sweet guy you're not bad it's just other people are better than you it's a very nice no, way no. to put it <laughs> i'm telling you
1: if you're bad at math then you're bad at life and nobody is bad at math what? nobody in the world maybe you don't understand anything but that's because nobody taught it to you in the normal way it's it's true i have never met a person that was bad at math no matter how bad the, uh, their results were before everybody okay. understands it when you like fundamentals are not hard but. You, I mean, at 13, 14, 15 years, are you going to sit down and like learn all the fundamentals in math when, when the teacher gives you that kind of exam and look? it looks like, oh my God, what is this? Nobody's going to do that. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's, so I'm telling you, nobody in the world is better yeah. at that. There's no way.
0: Maybe if we will talk a bit more, you will change your mind. Because I feel I'm really bad. I, like, no I feel way... my brain twists when I try to, find, to understand something. I know, everybody feels
1: like that. Everybody feels like that. Okay. Everybody so, that that, that uh, I had every one of my friends felt like that. It's,
0: so, but intuition in limited is not a math problem. There is math, of course. There's the famous sentence math is for, is for blockers, but when you <laughs> <laughs> but when you are choosing, okay, should I take removal, should I take a two-mana creature, should I take a six-mana creature? Is not this intuition like feeling? It's logic. Logic. It's plain logic logic assumes knowledge what you need right true that's what i want to get but knowledge of what you need comes from experience
1: well, same like everything else yeah experience uh, maybe you're just good at it but uh, the draft is so complex that no matter how good you are at it if you if you're not putting time in it you're not going to be good at it, <laughs> right, <laughs> maybe right. better than some, uh, somebody else, but you're not going to get to be really good because it's too complex uh, to not be constantly in it, especially when every new set comes like every couple of months and still perform at, uh, at the top. Uh, you just nobody is going to people are going to be maybe naturally better at it. Uh, But if you don't put a time, no. no. Right. And
0: uh, in general terms, since it is so adapting and so dependent on the context, I think that you probably cannot be more specific than these fundamentals that you mentioned, like control your curve, curve, get enough removal, make sure you have a game plan, but you cannot really tell which game plan, or you cannot really tell how to fill the curve specifically, like five of these, six of these. Since that depends on your strategy, depends on the synergies, depends on the colors, maybe, on your game plan.
1: It is. So if I would give that kind of advice, like uh, just in general, like uh, the numbers of some, like the base and fundamental numbers of some things, they really, it depends on whose ears it would fall upon. Because for some people, that would be helpful. And for some people, it would hurt them because maybe they're past that, right? Those fundamentals, you need to evolve past them. If you stay on that, you're not gonna have good results. Uh, But so, and it is hard to, like before you get to the highest possible win rates and so on, it is a bit hard. And even then uh, it can be a bit hard to say what uh, very red what you know what you don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. what uh, you should uh, take as uh, as advice and what you shouldn't right so a lot of people are above those fundamental numbers uh, but maybe they like something else and then it's uh, <laughs> I don't people ask me that a lot in the chat and I, I don't like uh, saying answering those questions I s- answer them but I always kind of right. uh, say that don't just listen to this because it's i can say okay you need six plus two reps, and it might not be the case depending on where you're at you might need four or up to 10 12 13 14 maybe like that's that's pretty big difference <laughs> that's yeah. like huge difference uh and really like it, that's why the when you're kind of coaching somebody you need to have an individualistic approach because everybody lacks different things and it's it's I have a lot of students now, and it's completely different uh, what, what everybody, what, what one person needs, another doesn't. Like, there is a student that has better winner than the other one, but some of the things that this one is very good at, the other one isn't. So, it's it's very, very, very different. It's just too complex uh, yes. of uh, a topic to have, like, just base thing.
0: It makes sense, and if you would give some numbers, some people would probably cling to those numbers and stop seeing the context and stop gaining perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So drafting, if from my understanding, it has three key moments: you have to make the picks, you have to build the decks, and then you have to play it. At least yeah. that's how drafting I see. Drafting and building
1: a deck is basically the same thing, because you you are building the deck for the twenty minutes that you're drafting, right?
0: Yes, for sure. But I still think it's a bit different when you make the cuts. Let's say you have it's 44 it's good cards, 44 good cards that you would easily put in there. But then you yeah, have yeah, to yeah. think. Which one is the best? Yes.
1: What yeah, is my game that, that plan? Is. What do I when need the most? Works. That's usually like when you have really good drafts, then when it's, when it's the hardest. And that's why uh, like uh, on stream, I have that. You probably know the deck doctor uh, people. Uh, submit the decks and i help them mm-hmm. with it in uh, it's it's a fast process for me uh but uh usually people are always like oh my god what is this deck what? and i'm like <laughs> what the fuck is this deck? it's usually they're the, the best decks ever like 80% of them are the best decks you ever saw and it's because people the colors were so open people are, were not taking their cards they got so many good cards that they could probably switch out like 10 and the deck would be almost the same uh, in terms of power level uh, but yeah, yeah, those are
0: so in this deck doc, doctor thing that you have when you look at people's decks and fix it for them. What do you yeah, see that are true. the common mistakes, and what is usually the things you do to improve them?
1: Oh, it's very different again. Like, I always tell people, the, uh, sometimes people submit, so you need 40 cards to play, and you want to play only 40. Um, I mean, almost everybody knows that, uh, because. Is there's a highest chance for you to draw the best cards in your deck, right? If you play 40, you're probably the deck is probably not all the same, exactly the same car, uh, power level of cards. So that's why you want to play 40 to get those great cards. Uh, but uh, I always tell them cut the deck to 40, make those hard cuts. Don't just randomly do them, make those hard cuts, make those hard decisions. Because then, when, I, when you submit the deck, because then I'm going to change the deck up and you can mm-hmm. see what decisions i think are wrong uh maybe somebody else is going to disagree but you can see that and you can think about it and that can help you out uh, when you submit like 50 cards and then i just cut the last 10 you just play the deck and that's that's nice and you probably are not going to go back and think about like okay maybe yeah, i would yeah, put yeah. This, i would put this in or whatever and maybe your decision is going to be influenced so, but it's different. It's completely different. Like some people, sometimes I see like a few narrow decisions and sometimes it's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Why are not playing this. Okay, <laughs> like, okay. Why well, This is horrible. Fair enough. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: fair enough. But again, this is hard to talk in specific because it depends so much on the context and on the player, exactly. also on the decision. I didn't want to drag you so specifically. I just thought okay. that in case there was something generic. So the back- more
1: simple the game is, the more uh, the... Uh, the more you can answer in like absolutes. Like there is not many things that are absolute in Magic.
0: Right. Back to those three or two moments. So the drafting, the deck building that you said that they were the same and then the playing itself. Do you feel that some of these aspects is more important than the other or should person try to improve equally on all fronts?
1: Definitely equally. So drafting, okay, deck building, yes. But drafting and gameplay uh that's where those are the most important ones uh by far because when your gameplay and drafting gets better uh naturally your deck building is going to get better like when you know why you're picking some cards uh what cards are better and the others in what environments what direction you should take how to read the signals how to read what everybody else is doing and so on it is going to just naturally make you uh, a good deck builder and gameplay you can draft the deck perfectly uh, get everything uh like uh, figure out the set you can be one of the best drafters and if your gameplay is crap you're gonna lose with good decks you're gonna lose a lot with good decks especially in a f- complex format like this one same for uh gameplay if your gameplay is really good well and drafting isn't you're gonna lose a ton of games before even playing them and yes. funny thing is like students yeah. come to me and then and they tell me I always ask them what are, what are their weaknesses? What do they think? And I always tell them, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna see that what you say, but we're gonna see. Because a lot of times they're like, oh, I suck at playing. Uh, I'm really good at drafting, uh, especially this set. And then I see the gameplay and it's fine. I don't see almost any mistakes. And I see the drafting and it's horrible. <laughs> and vice versa. And yeah, it's yeah. vice versa. It happens so many times. It is very hard to be, yeah. uh, to criticize yourself. It is so
0: hard. It's hard to see the good play or it's hard to see the play that you did not make. I get this a lot when I'm watching your streams and sometimes I pause and I go like, what would I do in this situation? And then I see what you did. And not rarely, it's very different. And you did something I would not even imagine that it would be possible. And I'm like, okay, I missed this. I should have done this. And then I think, okay, when I'm playing alone, when I don't have this solution. That is your stream, in a way. How would I make this choice? Would I make this error? And then you improve from there, from opening up your no, there's, perspective.
1: There's so many ways to improve. There's like so, so many ways to improve, uh, and so many
0: resources everywhere about Magic. It's like a 30-years-old 30, 30 game, something like that? The name is 40 years old, but the game is not the same, if you know what I mean. So, the title uh-huh. is the same, but the game is very different from what it was 40 years ago.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, yeah, I guess. But the game is different, like from a few months ago. I mean, it was a different set that you drafted. Yes, yes,
0: for sure. Yeah.
1: But the fundamentals are in draft are very similar. It's uh, just, uh, sure, maybe a little bit of rule changes, but.
0: Uh, yeah. What did you think about these guys that say, beforehand they start drafting, they go okay, I'm going to draft a samurai deck and then they force it every set not every set, sorry, they force it every draft during the set so they have a predefined idea before they open something and they just take the picks to fill the deck regardless of the table and regardless of what they open you think this is a good approach?
1: sometimes yes it's uh, in best of one so, best of one arena is the only format of magic in the world that has a hidden algorithm that is gonna do some things uh, that are not completely random to your draws. Um, it's gonna the most important thing is gonna give you a few lands and so you can play your stuff and more 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 often than not. It is also gonna get you your curve easier, your one to three creatures, uh, not creatures, just anything that you have mm-hmm. one to three. So sometimes some aggressive decks are really, really good in a format, and in the best of an arena. Unfortunately, that is uh, the ranked.
0: Uh... Unfortunately, <laughs> because it removes the skill cap.
1: No, it doesn't remove the skill. Reduce, but I mean, it it reduces it a little bit. Uh, it definitely reduces. In some sets, it reduces it infinitely. Like if you can go in 20 different directions in a set when there is no algorithm that is, it's not even helping your algorithm that is doing something to your draws, right? If it's same for everybody, it's not helping anybody, except maybe people that know about it and people and not helping the ones that don't. Right. Right. Uh, that's actually true. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, if you always go in the same direction, like there are some sets where I just played a single, single deck, Every single time I get the best card in the in the format. That's not in those colors I don't take it because it's not in in, in, uh, in the aggressive colors that I'm forcing. Mm-hmm. And I, every single time I play it, I play it and I got two top three. and that's shit because uh, you did that. when that happens, then the skill is pushed out of the window. Sure, you still know, need to know how to draft that deck and play it. Yeah. That's one out of 20 directions. I mean, doesn't matter if you need skill there. It's one out of 20. It's, uh, <laughs> it lowers the skill but by, by, I don't know, 10 yeah. or 20 times. I understand your more.
0: perspective, but at the same time, lowering the skill is probably what people are after. So if they like are bad and they say, okay, if I pick this deck, I don't have to think about the picks. So it simplifies stuff.
1: It doesn't, because those people that are bad, they do not even know about this. They do not even know about the, this best aggressive deck. Maybe after one month. That's That's why you can force it. You cannot force this if other people are picking it as well. Right? If, right. if everybody is going to be taking the deck, that you can't play it ever. Uh, but people that are bad, people that are new, they don't know about these things. They don't... Uh, of, read a lot about magic or they're just bad i mean people we're talking about people that are bad at the game Mm. right and there is much more of those than people that are really good in the game uh so when you're drafting in best of one even though it's ranked you're going to be drafting with any player and a lot of them are going to be horrible and they're not going to be taking that best aggressive argument they're not going to force it that's why you can you can just always pick it and even when they do pick it they're going to be picking wrong cards Mm. so you're gonna you can do that you can't do it in every set but some sets that happens and only in best of one Uh, anywhere else where you play magic no the Mm. answer is no
0: you said that you can do that after you sit on the table and after you see what the people on the table are picking No. no so just make sure are we talking defining the deck before you sit on the table saying before you play the draft I'm gonna do this
1: okay yes
0: from my perspective I understand in the sense that it simplifies but in the other hand it also seems to take some fun away from drafting so you're kind of playing constructed in a way you're not adjusting you're not getting different tags you're not trying different synergies probably gets a bit boring
1: when that happens it's not like constructed it's more like you're playing one of the worst draft sets ever made even though it's probably it may it may it may be great but because when that happens in best of an arena, you're playing like it's like the design team made a horrible mistake, even though they didn't. The algorithm is a horrible mistake, and you're just drafting one color pair as if everything else sucks, and it doesn't. But with the algorithm, it does, and uh, you can almost do that in this set. Yes. Luckily, you don't have to. Uh, Like, uh, you can draft the black-red aggression every single time, and you could for a while. Uh, But luckily, you do not have to do it. You can go uh, in so many other directions, and uh, that's just luck. Because you can't really make a set and think about everything uh, constructed, limited, and then also think about limited with the algorithm. Like, no, there is nobody in the world that can... That can uh, <laughs> think that much. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no human.
0: Fair enough. I have another example for you. Something I noticed. Some decisions that players sometimes need to make. And it's very interesting during the picks. Let's say that uh, you open a pack one, pick one. And there's one really good blue rare. And there's many white good cards. So in this case, you have two options. You take the blue and the wheel nothing and probably um and probably don't know what your next picks will be or you start with white and maybe see okay this guy will be blue i will have white open and i maybe i will some cards do you usually think much about this like which other which cards will influence other players to go in this direction so i will go in the other direction to have an open line
1: um okay how much better is the best white card than that blue card? So you said there is like a five white cards and one blue card.
0: Okay, let's How say. How much better? Let's say the, I was gonna say a tameshi but a tameshi, okay, also has white. <laughs> uh, let's say you have the blue dragon, the blue mythic dragon, and then mm-hmm. in white you have Mishiku Imperial and Imperial Oath, and maybe the another Saga and the Lifelink eye or something like this. So you have really two good white cards, and then some good white, and you have no blue.
1: I mean, I think that Dragon is better than anything that you mentioned. So I would just be extremely happy that I'm taking the single blue card. <laughs> All right. Let's... But let's say the
0: Dragon was a bit worse. Let's right? downgrade let's it a bit. bit. Let's say a Mind Link mech, for instance.
1: Well, okay. That's a... okay. So yeah, I think, me... yeah, I think that, that white is better than blue. Uh, but I do give it a consideration, right? Because you are gonna be taking the only the only card in one color, and you can take more of those cards and just completely cut it. So even people that were thinking about that color maybe are gonna switch out, because it's not only about uh, reading signals. Uh, that's something that I do consider. I would I think Michigo is much more powerful than the Mech, so I would, there is uh, I would probably just take it. Uh, but if there's a lot of white uh, and they are all really good cards, then maybe I would take the Mech, even though I think it's a weaker card, uh, because it is not only about uh, what signals you're receiving. Uh, I mean, it's not uh, <laughs> it's not only about reading the table and so on. It's also about commanding the table. Uh, right. It's not you. You can't just be like a slime. Uh, and I don't think bad things about slimes. Like that's one of my favorite anime, uh, one of the slime ones. So you you need to like take uh, how do you say that with, for the horse? How do you say that? The reins. Take like the reins. Yeah. Yes. You need to take the reins in your hands. Sometimes you can't just be okay. I'm going to adapt, and I'm going to be so good at adapting because you're going to be then you're going to be like adapt, adapt. That's called drafting the hard way, and I, that's very important to have in your repertoire as well. But then you're going to be constantly adapting. And then a lot of times it's going to be like, oh, but I tried everything uh, to find the open lane. But, and I felt like this is open, but in the end it wasn't. Uh, and then I kind of, everything got messed up because I was adapting, even though if you're great at it, that's not the only thing that you should be doing. Uh, because, well, you might be reading things, but maybe everybody took a few colors. Like rarely is going to, there is going to be one or two colors that are not getting taken. Like why would on pack one, probably it's not like everybody's going to say no i'm not black for example some people are going to be like there. are eight people there are five colors and everybody has at least two colors in their decks sometimes
0: i find myself saying this let's say that you take the blue card in this scenario and you pass four or three really good white cards second second pick more three really good white cards or at least one really good white card and then third pick you'll get another good white card at this moment you think, okay, should I really go white? Because the guy after me is already white, for sure. I passed him so good cards. And there's like
1: four people that got good white cards, right?
0: <laughs> but then you have this choice. Should I start investing in this color that seems open, even though there's another guy already, or more yeah, than one really guy de- taking it? It's a tough choice.
1: That really depends. But that's when, that's when you've got to think about like commanding the table. That's when like, okay, I maybe put some people in white, yeah. But now I'm going to get him out of white. Because now the only things I'm getting is white. Like, obviously, the people on my right that are passing to me are not white. Okay, I know I gave them good white cards, but now I'm going to, unless every single pack has like four good white cards, what can you do? Mm -hmm. But I'm going to put them out of white because now my white is pretty good. And I'm going to tell them, hey, you're not getting anything in white. And some of them are going to drop it. Some of them are going to be okay, goodbye. And by having my only strength of yours, if only strength that you have is adapting, which is extremely important, uh, don't get me wrong, then people are going to open great cards in your color in pack two. And they're going to be like, oh, wait, this is better than anything I have. Okay, now I'm in that color that was open for you. You were mm-hmm. like, you are drafting and that was open. But all of a sudden, like two people got a ray or something in that color and they switched. And what can you do? They just say, I'm that color and I'm doing that. Uh, people have their own minds. But yeah, you force people out of a color uh and adapt to what you're seeing as well right that's why that is so beautiful
0: (laughs) yes and then you when the second pack comes the order shifts so if you were getting only white from this guy and you were passing the white suddenly the order shifts and then the other guy on your left is gonna dry you instead because he's the one picking before you
1: yeah you can't dry you, you can't uh you're not gonna have a chance in pack two, uh, in that second uh, pack when it shifts. You're not gonna get a chance to cut them out of any color. They're gonna be one that are gonna be commanding you. Yes. Now. So yeah, it's, and I find that be very adaptable. interesting,
0: very very interesting.
1: But you gotta you gotta have both of those, like command the table sometimes, and sometimes adapt to what everybody else is doing. Most of the times, use the boat, use the boat to your advantage, and in the end, at one point, you gotta make a decision. You got to be like, okay, I know at least one of my colors, at least 10 of my cards that I'm playing. I know that, and that's what I'm going to do, and nothing can change uh, what I'm doing. Now, the better you are, the easier uh, it is for you to know when you got to make that, uh, that right. decision. Because in the end, you need to have a 23 card deck uh, plus 17 lands. That's free. Everybody gets that. But you need to have that deck, and it needs to be functional. Most of the time it needs to be really good or good. And you can't uh, wait forever. Uh, and also, if you're not adapting at all, then if people just choose to be in your colors, you're gonna be have horrible decks sometimes because you're forcing something that uh, everybody else is taking. So
0: yes, that's also comes from experience, knowing if you are green because you have a cup attack or knowing if you are green because you have only, one fade into antiquity, one artifact removal, and maybe one Kami, and then you don't really have many good cards. So knowing which card draws you into some color is hard and takes experience and takes knowledge and learning.
1: It takes knowledge, no matter no matter how you got it. Like some people just read a ton of content, watch a ton of content, and really a ton, and then it's, and, and then uh, and they draft a bit, and then they start drafting more. Uh, and that's how that's how they do it some people just love to draft they start right away and they don't do uh, yeah, yeah. anything they don't, they don't even watch and see any card that's getting there and they maybe suck for the first week but maybe they're good at draft and then they get the, their things going a bit later so it's different for everybody really that's what also... I always say is steal other people's experience steal it all the time no matter how bad you are no matter how good you are why the hell would you do this thing alone in in such a complex game why steal whatever not don't steal what everybody else is doing but steal their experience maybe they're doing horrible things
0: and then don't don't do that (laughs) that's why i like to watch you you explain your mindset you explain your thought process like okay i have black, white, and red, I have these colors that, I have these cards that are bringing me to this color, and you keep considering it until you reach a threshold that you say, okay, I have enough of this color to make me commit. But you communicate this very clearly and you make this process. Yeah, I think so. You make this process very transparent. You put the things in columns, okay, if I want to go into this direction, I have these cards, and then you come, comes a new pack and you have to make a choice between one color and the other. And you speak to your audience. You say, I'm thinking about this because I have these cards, but I'm also thinking about plan B and I'm going to that direction. And then you commit and then you go from there. And that, at least for a listener, is very helpful. (laughs) When you don't know anything about the set, you start to build this intuition from watching other person.
1: That's great to hear because I... A lot of times I think to myself that I'm not communicating what I'm doing enough. A lot of times I think that. Most of the time. <laughs> so I'm, I, I think I should, I should. think that's what I should work on. But uh, great to hear that, that it's okay for you so far.
0: Well, perhaps it's subjective. But for me, it's enough. Sure. I feel that I learn a lot. And I feel that you explain every decision that you make. Also comes from watching you. I know more or less, which things you prefer, so I know what you're going to pick most of the time. So maybe there's also that. So if someone oh, nice. came came like, <laughs> suddenly and watched you, I don't know, maybe it's not so clear, but for me it is clear at least. I think That's you're doing a you great
1: job. That's pretty good if you can predict it.
0: <laughs> Sometimes. Of course, not all the times, because my results are not the same as yours. So, so of course <laughs> I'm doing things different. <laughs> There is a
1: gameplay as well, right? The gameplay aspect. Okay.
0: One thing before we run out of time is to, more on a personal note, to address the change that you had recently in your career, in which you had a normal tech job working during the day, and then you would come home and do the streaming and the coaching as a sort of hobby or as an extra. But now recently you've dropped this day job and you focus exclusively on magic as a streamer and as a coach
1: uh i have actually not been doing it as a hobby really i have been working two jobs uh kind of two, two full-time jobs it's like a database administrator during the day and a magic streamer and a coach during the night so i didn't have a life really uh <laughs> so the, i knew i needed to change something at one point uh, but i wanted to wait to see how the stream goes to have at least like one and a half of a good year one and a half of a good year what the fuck is that I don't know uh, <laughs> I was gonna ask we, you
0: had,
1: <laughs> we have like one year uh, up to one and a half of, of uh, good results in stream and coaching and uh, yeah and I decided uh, that uh, I really 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 am proud and happy what uh, uh, the community has uh, that community has been there for me for like last year and a half have been great uh, just keep getting better and better. And uh, yeah, now uh, I had to make a change. Uh, it was one or the other. Um, my girlfriend uh, Eva, thank to God, she stayed with me. I don't know if I would stay with uh, anybody if, uh, if they had two jobs. Uh, and yeah. I, we, we had almost it no time It must be to rough, together. like
0: having no time to go out, no time to walk, no time to just chat and talk about your problems, maybe, or talk about your joys. Yeah, it must be tough.
1: Almost no time at all. And then if i even if i socialize a little bit during any week then we have literally no time like it's almost nothing and uh, yeah it's
0: were you doing it for income or for meaning or for doing something that you love and helping the community and feeling the love from the community
1: what what part what job (laughs) Uh,
0: in this case accumulating streaming and coaching on top of your normal job
1: Right. so I accidentally accidentally started streaming. I just wanted to make a stream for like a few people, like five, because I was uh, uh, in the official Discord channel for MTG. I was uh, helping a lot of people for free, uh, just to draft better because the advice that was given there by most people with huge confidence it was horrible they were horrible <laughs> players they were abysmal yeah, and yeah, the rigas yeah. were amazing they were like the best uh, all i don't can not ma- uh, count the number of times that myself and other people that are actually good at the game when they give advice they would get uh, shed upon they would get shouted and uh, cursed and so on it's crazy it's crazy oh. and then i started giving this private free private lessons right and i'm like okay there's too many of you I like to play a lot. I also have a job. Uh, I have no time for all of you. Uh, I'm going to make a stream and then like few of you can come. And it's going to be like, nobody knew about it except them. Right. Uh, Because uh, that was not public. It was just completely Mm -hmm. private. Uh, And it didn't announce anywhere that I'm helping anybody. Right. And I uh, was thinking about like maybe Two hours a week just for them to help them with the set and so on. That's it. And uh, I made the first stream. Now, yeah, those five people came, uh, talked a bit, la la, and the stream. That's good. And the uh, next day, I uh, announced on Reddit that uh, my win rate, what my win rate is, that was like three years ago, and uh, that I'm infinite, that I don't have to pay to play the game, that I'm getting our gems. Uh, and if they want to go, come, they can come. And there was a lot of people who came.
0: <laughs> more more viewers than I have now. <laughs> Whoa, for real! When you were beginning,
1: the second day of the of the stream. Okay, um, uh, let's check this. Most came to tell me that I'm full
0: of shit. Oh, <laughs> 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 the haters, man!
1: There was like four hundred people average, or something like that.
0: Four hundred uh, people. And now, for context, you're getting like two hundred viewers per day. Uh, it's okay. Uh, Live views live
1: like a, um, average, like a average like yeah, yeah. uh average it's it really depends i don't know what it's like 200 is normal and then it can go uh, higher than that uh, okay, okay. it's uh i didn't i had kind of my sleeping schedule got a bit messed up in the last week uh, i drank a sleep, sleeping pill and for some reason i fell asleep. i never drank a sleeping pill. i drank it once so uh, i don't know seven years ago but uh, i drank it here just well let's go to sleep and that's it i fell asleep after 7 a.m i don't remember the last time i went to sleep after 7 a.m it's like it had an opposite effect the maybe the problem was because i was so excited that i took the sleeping pill i was so excited (laughs) like oh my god it's so cool and uh and then i just didn't and then last week has been fucked up like in the morning the first the first minute while i'm still in the bed i'm a different person i have it's like a demon comes into me it is (laughs) i'm gonna think about every if i didn't sleep my beauty sleep enough hours i'm gonna think about anything that can uh, avoid waking up but yes no yesterday yesterday my girlfriend told me uh two days ago actually uh that uh, there is some good alarms uh, that can help me with that. like Because in the last week, I couldn't fucking get uh, my sleeping schedule in order. I started to stream way too late, and that sucks. So would you just uh, sleep
0: forever and able to wake up?
1: Uh, I no, I slept normal, like eight hours, but uh, yeah. I, I always went to sleep too late, right? Too late. What I, but it's like if I go to sleep at 5 or 7 a.m., it's eight hours is... Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah, so
0: yeah, it fucks up your day, for sure. I, did,
1: I set up barcodes around my apartment and uh, before the uh, there's this application and before uh, the alarm shuts down a very irritating alarm before it shuts down i have to scan all the barcodes around the house
0: well, that's you need to be really wasted if you need to go this measure it reminds me i had some colleagues in university where their alarm was solving some math equation. Your brain is still half asleep and you have to solve the math equation for it to yeah, shut down.
1: Yeah, that would not be enough because then I would be still in bed. I would solve it and I would sleep more. But to get to that and point, you need to
0: be really desperate if you really need this kind of signals, man,
1: this is the best thing. One of the best things that happened in my life, this alarm. I'm not even kidding. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm like ecstatic about it. It's it's the best thing because I, I don't care. I know whatever that happens. I'm gonna wake up on time every single time, and when I do that, like that demonic my me it, it's it's done, it's gone, it's gone because I'm no longer in bed uh, i am uh, I did had to walk around the house and scan the barcode, and it doesn't always scan them at the first yeah. try.
0: Yeah yeah it's fucking perfect. So I imagine I you up. like half asleep through the house with your phone in your hand, like eyes half closed, looking at the walls, scanning the stuff. Yes, yes. wake up and now it's me I again. mean if, I, if I go to bed normally
1: I'm gonna wake up normally but uh, when I don't like it happens to everybody you don't uh, go to bed normally and then you still wake up because you're a normal person you sleep for less than you usually sleep less than what you need but you wake up and you do things uh, that you need to do well this makes me do that so that's perfect right, right. Uh, anyways yeah, yeah uh, that uh, stream uh, it was that, just that, asking
0: that, like okay so now when you got back to only streaming and only coaching. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, it was a long way, no problem. Um, (laughs) Can you make a living out of this? Since you had two jobs and now you have one job, so your income was affected, maybe? Is it still enough to to carry on? Of
1: course it was affected. (laughs) (laughs) I I lost income from one job. Uh, That's why I waited for so long. I worked two jobs for a long time, right? um for a few years i worked two jobs and i got used to it for me it was normal way of living uh it was just normal and uh, the reason why it i didn't go to streaming right away is because uh, i didn't want to be afraid of what's going to happen now i have a very consistent year and something behind me and in the future like even if when there there, there are always bumps so even when there are some bumps, uh, it's no problem because uh, I saved enough money and my, the pay that I get from coaching and from streaming mm-hmm. is enough. Uh, I wanted to see, like, I didn't want to go, oh, stream is kind of going well and let's go. And then I'm like, oh, I need to get a good amount. Good yes, I yes, need to get yes. this. I need to pay my bills. Now I know that I had enough uh, uh, pay good enough in the last year and a half or whatever, maybe a bit less. I know it was enough and I know that uh, I can work from there. I know, I know what to expect. Um, I'm not uh, like worrying. Uh, so yeah, it is it's, it's definitely enough. That's the reason why I switched. But I, again, I didn't want to be like one month, one great month. And yes, now I switch seems, right away. Yes. I wanted to see if this is real. Um, and it seems like it is. It seems so, like it is.
0: Do you f- with your more or less in average 200 viewers, is it enough to... Have a living, even if you discount the coaching income that you get. So, for people that maybe are considering to stream, would this be a good target for them, or is it still not enough to pay the bills at least? Well, without coaching, without coaching, just a stream <laughs> alone.
1: I I earn jack shit from streaming.
0: Okay, that was what I was wondering. <laughs> it's, it's
1: very, 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 very small. little. Okay, so they need. Some I don't room. know where you got. To, maybe if you live i don't know where man it's uh it's super small amount uh but but there is also one thing i don't know why i don't uh, i don't uh, worry about that uh i have one of the lowest subscription numbers that i saw uh with uh, the same amount of viewers as as some other streamers like uh, i have right now okay i completely switched my streaming time right uh, that's one yes. thing that i did because i want to have a life now mm-hmm. and i'm streaming i'm ending the stream somewhere where i usually started it before
0: so, so more during the day and not so you're streaming during the day and finishing I'm streaming
1: during the yeah morning and day for me mm-hmm. and you before i stream during afternoon and night right so that's a difference but uh, my sub- subscribers now are like 114 so that's what I have right now. And that's some, some average that I had ever since I switched. Nice. Before it was like from 150 up to 300, but mm, a lot of other uh, streamers that I know. So maybe you're in, maybe my, maybe my data is uh, uh, wrong because a lot of them have a lot higher subscription numbers to the stream, right? So and a lot more donations, Uh I'm make, not sure what affects that, but...
0: Uh, I think the schedule will make a big difference since it would assume that most people who watch streams are people who also work, not only teenagers. So if people are also working, they have more free time in the evening and in the late afternoon. A lot of
1: people watch streams... Um, when I switched, like, okay, last week was a bit weird. Like, uh, when I switched, it was like that morning, it was from 200 up to 400. That was uh, the average viewer count. Now, with like last two weeks, we had even I, you know, like, Eva and I had, I think I told mm-hmm, like some mm-hmm. really bad things happen in life. So I was a little bit inconsistent. So the viewer, viewership dropped a little bit. Uh, but my numbers were better and I still had the lower subscription. I think it's going to take a little bit to um for for well um new people that yeah, maybe yeah. are coming in the stream and so on to adjust but i'm talking about before when i was streaming yeah. in the afternoon uh when i had less viewers i had more subscribers because I, that was consistent i was consistently streaming at that hour for a long time so people knew what to expect also now that I, it's
0: yeah it's predictable and probably but people it's will still, subscribe those Okay.
1: But those numbers are nothing compared to the streamers uh, that have the same viewership as I. Uh, a lot of them. Maybe some people have a lot lower numbers, but uh, yeah. Uh, so maybe you can. Uh, I know some people, I'm not going to mention them. Some of my friends that, that are streaming, uh, they have the same viewer numbers, but uh, or lower or much lower mm-hmm. viewer numbers, but a lot more subscribers. And uh, they can make a living just out of that um yeah i kind of rely on coaching and on some sponsorship deals uh i don't have a lot of those uh, to to get enough money mostly on coaching uh, what
0: i wanted to get is how do you feel that is hard to start streaming in terms of content creation it's usually the 0.001 percent that make it people like to watch the best and you can argue that for yourself you consistently reach the top ranking you sometimes it's number one even as you did recently in the neo and you go infinite and not many people do so what i was wanting to know is do you think that this transition that you made to full-time content creator to full-time coach were you privileged in a way to make it or do you encourage other people to try to find their passions and try to help others doing what they love
1: it depends on... Or, or, there are a few things. like It depends on what your selling point is. My selling point is uh, always have the best results in the world. Um, and that's that's uh, how I kind of promote myself.
0: Which by but, definition uh, is very narrow. Very, very few people can boost that. Exactly.
1: Very few people can do that. Now, there are a lot of people who stream that are have some other selling points that are uh, maybe much better entertainers than I am. Uh, what they have uh, maybe some knowledge about a lot more about editing and things like that so they can make their stream uh, very special right. uh, but one thing is 100 percent true unless you're extremely lucky or i don't know some kind of a, a genius or whatever and then you just start streaming and bam you're a star or whatever um, i think my stream is still uh, small i would like to grow at least double the size uh, in the next few years um that would be cool <laughs> yeah I but, think, uh, again, that, that's kind of my goal uh to get first step like to get to 500 average that that's normal uh but yeah uh one thing for sure unless you're like as i said very lucky or some kind of uh i don't know that's perfect for you or whatever i don't know usually it's luck that you just start and you mm-hmm. get a good uh, start and you do it uh it's uh you need to put a lot of work uh, without expecting anything. Like the first year, year and a half, I was not getting any money, nothing. I was uh, having almost a full-time job uh, without uh, anything. So that's a lot of time spent for literally no income. And you gotta prepare to do that. You gotta prepare to to put in the time, to be consistent and not expect anything. Uh, So you better find something you love Yes. doing because you're not you're probably not going to be gaining anything because for example okay just long my, my name is luka mandic who the fuck cares about luka mandic like a, a magic streamer like who the fuck cares yeah, about yeah, yeah, him yeah. nobody yeah. nobody knows about him i just started playing magic competitively um what three four years ago you gotta make consistently be Making a name for yourself, like, uh, yep. and again, doesn't have to be the best results in the world. You can just be a great entertainer, and that can be enough. Uh, and the competition, me, like, start.
0: Yeah, competition is brutal. Also, there's so many people doing the same thing already. Yeah, yeah there's it's a lot of people doing real. it,
1: and yeah, it's most of them stop doing it uh, at one point. So, uh, after a year or two, and because they're not prepared to spend time and not get uh, an income from it but remember when i told you there was like such a huge amount of people that came yes well that's where i'm on the second day where i just seemed for five, thought i'm gonna sing for five five people that's when, I'm like, when i was like wait maybe we can try this the problem that i had then was i had such a horrible uh mic that every time i left or said something with maybe a little bit of uh, air coming mm-hmm. out the microphone was exploding it was hurtful <laughs> to the ears yeah, yeah and people were like what the fuck is this they were like uh, screaming in the chat like that guy can't keep my headphones on and i didn't know that because i was on discord talking with that mic and discord has some drivers that make your sound oh, uh, much see, better so it was good for my friends on discord see, but on see, stream I listened to it and I was like, oh "My God, I, yeah. I'm, I'm lucky that anybody stayed." And then for one week, I was doing that. I didn't even, again, I didn't even think that was gonna. I was gonna stream. I was just for five people, and I finally found a mic that was good because I had no idea what mics are good back then, and I found it. That was like what three and something years ago, uh, and I bought it and, I, and I announced it. And uh, my viewers dropped, obviously, because I know that if I heard a streamer like that, I would never I, I would ban him from ever showing up uh, in my recommendations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and the thing, like announced... the
0: competition is brutal, and the guys that stick with you, they really liked you to put up with the technical oh. shit, which I understand. Yeah. I feel the same when I listen to my recordings, and I listen to my video, I'm like, "Who the fuck, like I will not watch this shit And you see no, all these no, good no. producers your... no because no, you see it. the professional ones and it's like super crystal clear image super nice sound and then you go to some scrub that is just doing this in his house
1: oh there's always going to be difference yeah but no this was horrible this was like i was punishing people that's how bad <laughs> it was. It hurt the ears oh, it yeah. was not it was not bad quality it was yeah, like okay, i was messing with them and after that week when i bought a good mic i announced it i got a mic uh let's go now we can do it and i started a stream and this is how i sounded <laughs> nothing it was so low you could, it, there was no way it was it almost nothing was coming through why because windows 10 has problem with like 50% of the usb mics so if you have usb mic with windows 10 uh, there is a good chance even if it works for your friend that it's not going to work for your uh, comp- uh, for you because uh, who knows? We, uh, the Microsoft doesn't want to solve it, and they didn't solve it. Can and you I, can you
0: not change uh, it? It's permanent, so you have to change the mic completely.
1: Uh, I had to change the mic. Yeah. Uh, I for so that was so people came. Okay, again, I had a lot of viewers mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> more than I have now, uh, but. Uh, Uh, they came and they're like man what the fuck is this i can't hear you what what the fuck was that announcement for and and it took me like five days to fix to do shit in registry which i'm afraid to do on my computer to artificially make the sound louder and and then I started like a normal streamer, even that I, even though I got very lucky, that could have been a huge jumping step. I started like a normal streamer because it took me like a month to fix that or maybe a little bit less. And I started with 10 viewers. <laughs> and then, then I gradually, gradually... I feel that like the importance that.
0: is really starting. Starting with something, doing something that you love, as you mentioned. Yeah. Stick to it and be consistent and trust the process and things will improve. So I hope that this podcast and this conversation also helps you achieve your goal of increasing your viewership, maybe doubling it next year. I appreciate a lot the time that you gave me. It was really awesome to talk to you. And I encourage people that are listening to follow you. Do you want to leave your Twitch and your Metify, where people can get coaching from you? Thanks. If you're, where can they reach about you? Coaching? What, yes, what? where can they reach you for the stream or for coaching?
1: Yeah, just reach just low it's a meta feed, just low for my coaching, uh, or just contact me anywhere if you're interested in coaching. I mean, for watching, you can come watch, say hello if you're coming from this stream <laughs> from the podcast. Uh, if you want to talk about coaching, we can just talk. You never have to take it, it can be just a conversation. So, whatever. Uh, and thanks, man. Uh, this is a lot of fun,
0: <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of fun, and good luck for the best of drafts, for the rest of the set, and just all of the best to you. Thanks and
1: sorry for I uh, <laughs> sorry for I jumping from topic to topic when you ask me something. No, no <laughs>
0: problem. It's part of the fun. Well, bye everyone. Okay. Bye bye.